think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby, and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddler's in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Stopped asking directions. Some places they've never been. Hi, everybody. You came back to We Can Do Hard Things. Thank you for coming back. We also came back because this is our favorite thing. We absolutely love meeting you here every week. We're going to start today's episode, which is all about what in the hell brave actually means. With a story, I have a story, which is a beautiful story about a man. Ha! (laughs) I know, right? It's. It's exciting because, you know, sister, I have heard in the ether, people suggest that perhaps I don't like men. And that is not true. Okay. It is not true that I don't like men. Okay. Here's the situation for me. The situation for me is that I love humans. I love human beings. I feel like we're born with all of this, you know, unique, wild energy and love and potential. And then this thing happens on the earth where we are given these roles, you know, you're a male, you're a boy, you're a girl. And we're given along with our roles, we're given these scripts and these costumes and these ways of being. And like to the point where you all know, you two know, sometimes when I'm out in the world, I'm looking around going, oh my God, what is happening? Why are we all acting like this, looking like this, <laughs> dressing like this? What what are we doing? It's like, we're all in a, on a, the, the whole world is a stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And so what I don't like, and I'm willing to admit is that I don't like, I am allergic to who men are conditioned to become in our culture, mm-hmm. not who they are. But like the man act, (laughs) okay? The man act that the poor humans who have been labeled men are stuck inside, okay? Like the matrix. Mm -hmm. So what this act involves to me, what I see the act being in the world is like just, you know, walking, no yield. There is no yield in the man act. And what I mean by that is there is no yield on the sidewalk. Oh God. If you are in, if you are in, I mean, Abby knows I've tried to walk in our town and not yield to the men. I literally have a bruise on my left shoulder. You, you cannot, they walk as if there is no need to yield at any point. Well, and when you, when you actually do rub shoulders with somebody, a man, and you take like a hit, I'm like, how is that? And you're like, oh, it hurt. <laughs> I know. I don't like But I stood this. my ground. I know. And then they look at me as if I am batshit crazy. Like, as if I am so rude to not have moved. For them. But they did not move, right? Yeah. It's so confusing. Mm-hmm. So, and then that that no yield, it's the entitlement of the talk time. You know, in a meeting, the, the man act says you must speak for 80% of the time. The man act says on a airplane, you must spread your arms and legs over to the other side, the, the man act. And then, and by the way, in fairness, I want to tell you that I am equally allergic to the woman act of which I have been conditioned. Okay. Because we are, so I'll give you an example of the way I cannot stand my woman conditioning. Okay. So I'm at a grocery store a while back And I'm standing with one of my kids and this 
human being who has been conditioned to the man act is standing next to me in line. Okay. (laughs) And because he has to stay in his role, he is, you know, approaching me, coming very closely. There's something with the man act that thinks that men who walk by women are supposed to put their hands on our waist (gasps) or, or our back. What in the Sam Hill is that? If you want to know if it's appropriate to put your hand on a woman's waist that you don't know when you're standing next to them in the grocery line, I want you to consider men if you, in fact, would put your hand on the small of a man's back standing (laughs) next to you in the grocery line. And if the answer is no, then keep your hands to yourself. Okay. Anyway, that had just happened. I was already prickly as all hell. And then- The man said a joke that wasn't funny. It wasn't funny at all. It was kind of entitled, kind of obnoxious, reeked of of a little bit of. And sister, I want you to tell me what I did. (laughs) Yes, I laughed. I laughed at the man's terrible, semi-rude joke who had just put his hand on my back for no reason, who I couldn't stand. Okay, I laughed Mm -hmm. at him because it is the woman's role mm-hmm. in any situation to protect the male ego. Mm-hmm. I could not just, or I could have, I have been trained. I Kate Mann in her new book called this Hympathy. We are trained to have so much sympathy for men that in that moment, I knew that my job was to make him comfortable. Yep. Even though he had just made me uncomfortable. Do, so, so what I'm trying to say is that I do not like the acts. That's all right. I mean. I don't like the toxic masculinity act. I don't like the toxic femininity act that just keep us on script and in our roles and keep us free from being whole and from being ourselves and from really seeing each other. Okay. That's all I mean. Now onward to the beach story. All right. First, actually... I'm going to tell a shitty story about a man, but then I will get to the oh. beautiful story about a man. In a development no one saw coming, Glennon's <laughs> going to tell a shitty story about a man. <laughs> I need, I need the, the juxtaposition, okay? And also, it's just important. I feel it's important. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Abby and I live by the beach now. It's amazing. We go there a lot. And I'm sitting there. I sit and read. Mostly all everywhere I am is just a different place to sit and read. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. right. <laughs> um, Abby does things like in the water, surfing and such. So I'm sitting on the beach reading my book, and I hear there's a family next to me, and they are so sweet, and they've got all these children and they're all having a good time. And then I see the dad turn around. And look off in the distance and he, his two children are approaching. Okay. And the little boy looks like he's about eight and the girl looks like she's about 12 or 13. Okay. And the girl is carrying, it's like a big game or something. She's carrying it over her head and she's, they're trying to get it to the family. The man is so upset. He yells to his son, why are you letting her carry that? Why are you letting her carry that? Why don't you, like he's shaming him the whole way up for not carrying this heavy thing. Why are you letting a girl carry that? Why are you letting your cousin who's a girl carry that? And it's so loud and everyone's looking. And so they get closer. And I am telling you that the man just, he brought the little boy and the girl over to the family. And he said, did you see what this, it was his son. Did you see what my son just did? He just let his cousin carry this thing all the way over. This boy let this girl carry this thing all the way over. And it was just this very intense, and and you guys, you humans, I was sitting there watching this little boy's face, Mm. also watching this girl's face, Mm -hmm. watching the rest of the little, of the children in the family's faces. All I could think of was this is where boys start to hate girls. That was my thought because that little boy is being so humiliated by his father, but he can't hate his father. That's not the role here. So what's happening 
is that he is now hating this girl. He that the the hate the misogyny, right? Begins there. It begins in this fake idea of what that dad would have considered chivalry. Mm-hmm. It's the chivalry is the flip side of misogyny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's little boy, you are stronger than her. Mm-hmm. Right? Your job is to what? Protect her? I mean, well, her it, showing strength that exceeds yours in your presence is shaming to you. Exactly. And also it's teaching the little girl to hate herself. Yes. Because that's right. he's saying to her, you are weak. And she's that's like, right. oh, I guess I'm not supposed to be carrying this stuff. I'm not strong. Yep. All right. Fast forward a, a week or two later. So as in the grocery store. And um, this father next to me was talking to his daughter. And it's like the middle of the conversation. And the dad says, well, don't forget. I think they, they must have been planning to go to an amusement park the next day. The dad says, don't forget, honey, if you decide to go on the roller coaster, that's brave. But don't forget, if you decide not to go on the roller coaster and you tell us that you don't want to go on the roller coaster, that is brave too. And oh my gosh, you guys, I just, first of all, my first thought was, oh, he's totally read Untamed. Because <laughs> there's this story. And, and I'm still dying to find someone in the wild who's, who's reading Untamed. It hasn't happened to me yet. And I'm just waiting for that. Oh, really? Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? It makes me so sad. I'm like, what? I always secretly look at what everyone's reading my whole life. That's my, Mm -hmm. I want to talk to everyone about their book. That's the only thing I want to talk to people, to strangers about is what they're (laughs) reading. And some day I just want there to be someone reading Untamed so I can be like, oh, hey, I wrote that book, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, in all fairness, COVID happened. So we weren't allowed to actually be outside. Oh yeah. You haven't seen that many people. Yeah. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen that many people. Um, but then, so I talked about this story, this roller coaster story on um, Instagram, and apparently there's a woman named Maria who wrote a, a children's book about a roller coaster and being brave. So it wasn't about me at all. It was probably they probably just read this roller coaster book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it made me want to talk about this idea that we have about being brave. Okay. And like what this word means, we're all telling each other every day, be brave, be brave, be brave. We're telling ourselves to be brave. We're telling our children to be brave, but what the heck are we telling them to do and be? Mm. Right. I want to discuss what we mean by the word brave. Mm. This is like the quitting episode where you have the very, very different, um, records, uh, going on the record about it. And yes. um, Abby's Abby's line is of of the ilk. Courage is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And Glennon's is whatever the hell this means. Not doing the brave thing is often the bravest thing we can do. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it, people. Guys, not doing the brave thing. Okay, okay so that what makes is perfect that? sense to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. The weather's getting warmer, which is wonderful because we can say bye-bye to big bulky sweaters and jackets and hello to shorts and tees. I just ordered three of Quince's muscle tanks. Check out their European linen shirt dress. I got it in the blue and white stripes, classic. It's beautiful and summery and gorgeous and linen, and it was less than $50. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and Quince cuts out the costs of the middleman and passes the savings to us. But they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. You will love all of it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash hard things for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash hard things to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash hard things. 
Okay, so we're going to talk about Brave. So as per usual, I'm going to tell you um, what the definitions are um, from the dictionary. And then okay. we're going to talk about what they actually okay. mean to us. Okay, so v- adjective and verb. Adjective, ready to face and endure danger or pain. Ooh. Ver- uh-huh. Yeah. Verb, endure or face unpleasant conditions or behavior without showing fear. Uh, okay, that's such horseshit. Uh, I don't and like that just, one. Without the, showing fear. The dictionary is wrong. And, and by the way, I, what I would like to suggest is that the dictionary is very patriarchal. Yeah. That is so, that is such a ridiculous definition of, oh, doing dumbass things while <laughs> looking happy. I don't think is that brave? that's what it's saying. I don't think that's what it's saying. To endure or face unpleasant conditions or behavior. Okay. So to, oh, oh, I'm sorry. The, there's see, a wide definition that? of that. Babe, who could have written that? Let's see. For who sure. do we want to endure or face unpleasant conditions forever without showing their emotions? Right. I Everyone understand. except for rich, powerful white men. I understand that this sounds very patriarchal. But yeah, it does. I also think that we have to break into this definition because the way you define some of the words inside the definition can determine kind of what mm-hmm. your kind of brave is, you know, I like fear yeah. and, and your, you know, I don't know. I just, the ability to endure something unpleasantness, like Glennon, your, that your level of unpleasantness and mine is very different. Our thresholds. That's true. So I still have my eye on Miriam Webster or whoever the <laughs> hell wrote this. Um, also, I, okay. I want to, present my case okay for why the dictionary and abby are wrong oh okay <laughs> i'm just joking love but this, i'm not this is the story um, of my life okay so a, a while back like years and years ago i got this precious email from this woman who was a mother and she told me that she had just been to this family reunion okay so bless her heart right away and she, they were at this like river or something and they were, the, they were doing this activity where people were supposed to jump off this big rock into like a flowing crystal river. Babe, it sounds like something you'd make me do, right? It's like this adventure, so to speak. <laughs> I would never make you do, you would never do that. By Correct. I never make you do that. So the woman was asking me about this moment that she had with her family, which was this. Her 11-year-old son, human who had been conditioned with the boy-man act, was standing (laughs) at the top of this rock, okay, that everyone was supposed to jump off of. And the whole family was at the bottom of the rock, and they, they were all looking up at the sun. And the sun was standing on the edge, looking over, preparing to jump. And this mother could see that the boy was terrified, okay? That this was a crisis moment for him that he did not want to jump. And the entire family from the bottom, except for this mom, started yelling up at the little boy, come on, be brave, be brave, jump, jump, be brave, jump, jump. And she said, why did that feel wrong? I don't know why, Glennon. Why did that feel wrong? That Why did that moment feel so wrong to me? It felt so off. And here's what I think felt off. We have trained people to believe that the word brave means what you said. Just feel the fear and then do it. Okay, that's what we tell our children feel the fear, be afraid and just do it anyway. Okay. That works for our four-year-olds. But what about when our kids turn 16 and they're getting in the car and they're driving away with their friends and they're telling us they're going to the movie, but they're really going to the kegger down the street. So are we going to go to the car and say, honey, tonight, I want you to be brave. And by that, what I mean is if you feel afraid because any of your peers are doing anything that kind of makes you feel afraid, I want you to ignore that gut feeling. And I want you to just do it anyway. Just do it anyway, because that's what brave is. No, that is not what brave is. Okay. To me, that little boy up on that cliff, if he 
looked inside himself and felt a knowing that said, this is not right for me. This is not the right thing. This is not for me right now. The bravest thing on earth for him to do would have been to look at his family and say, no, I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping because it's not right for me. Because the reason why that would have been brave is because brave is honoring the inner self and the inner knowing, even if it goes against all of the outer expectations of you. Being brave sometimes requiring, requires you to allow the whole world to think you're a coward. Jumping, jumping because a bunch of other people yelled at you and told you to, is not brave if all you're doing is cowering to the outer crowd's expectations of you instead of honoring yourself. If you're losing yourself to honor expectations. Sometimes the bravest thing to do is the not brave thing. That's what I meant, sister. I knew what I was talking about, even though everything I say sounds like an enigma wrapped in a puzzle. What I meant was (laughs) sometimes you are the only one who knows that you actually did the brave thing Mm, because, because what you have done is honor the inner knowing that no one else can see. And if it, and, and it's brave, it's bravest when that thing is the opposite of what the outer world is screaming at you is brave and what they will applaud for. That requires the most courage to me. Yeah, I hear that. And I also think, I don't think you're wrong, Glennon. I really don't. I think you make a strong case. Thanks, babe. But I I do have to say, though, that it is all going to be different and based on what each one of us value in life. You know, for instance, for me, I the way that I was raised, the person that I am is different than the way that you're raised and the person that you are. So our value systems of what we want to get out of life are just inherently different. Um, and those shape and, and change as we go and walk through our lives. So I might, what you would call more, I, I might have what you would call a, a more patriarchal view of brave. Um, I take more physical risks sometimes bordering on the side of reckless, especially pre-sobriety. I don't really (laughs) overthink much. I've gone skydiving. I've done a lot of stuff that would be categorically patriarchal in the world in the way that we see and view bravery. Mm -hmm. But for me, that's what I value. I I am attracted to a kind of adrenaline of life, a kind of liveliness, mm-hmm. something that I can feel and something that makes me feel something, right? So me standing on top of that cliff mm-hmm. and my family yelling to me, jump, you can do it, right? Like that's support. That's not yeah. pressure. <laughs> yeah. It's so that fascinating. Is, it's affirming your inner voice. Of that's being exactly like, Yes, right. this is exactly what I want. Yeah, so yeah. if I could amend my quote uh, of feeling the fear and doing it anyway, it's like being in line with what you value in your life mm-hmm. and searching out some of those things that you fear to embrace or evolve towards or grow into mm-hmm. and find out what your threshold level is of that fear, right? Like, don't like skydive if you're terrified of heights, right? That might not be something that you value. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations and multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs, you'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, and expenses don't slow down, so why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. 
head to netsuite.com slash hard things. netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things. Okay, so you still, you feel the idea of brave is still very aligned with you with physical adventure. Of course. Okay? Yeah. So, and and I just think of it as something completely different, mm-hmm. right? Same. I don't, that doesn't to me feel, sometimes when people are doing all of these like wild physical adventures, I just feel like you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, but like, honey. I, I just feel like. It relates to it relates to like the inner world though. It's not just about taking a physical risk. It's about it's about feeling something. It's about embracing or or interfacing with the world in a way that you experience. Like experience for me is do something think, I value. Do you think this is why you like scary movies too? It's like you're trying your whole <sighs> life you're trying to feel something. And I my whole life am trying to feel less. That's right. The yeah. last thing I need to do is go surfing. Yeah. Because my inner world is a storm of waves. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, but that's not true. You feel you access your feelings in a different way. You that's right. read 700 books and dive deeply into the characters of all of those and you're feeling all of that that is your adventure abby is experiencing adventure and thrill in just a very different way than you are but you're still accessing that stuff you're accessing it through through reading and thinking and it, it's just a different level of um buzz that's true and i would say that i would say that I feel like all of my adventures are internal mm-hmm. and it works for me. It's and more than enough. Probably, I mean, quite frankly, we've just gone through a week of stuff that I've realized that I'm a little bit more scared to do individual work. Internal stuff. Internal stuff. And so mm. obviously that's like what I'm now leaning into. So it's just where we're at every single year, day, it's going to be different. It's well, so it's cool. so funny about the in, bringing up internal because to me that's the central part of what brave is I, I think about that jeremy goldberg quote that said that says um courage is knowing it might hurt and doing it anyway stupidity is the same that's why life is hard <laughs> <laughs> amen like how do you know if it's stupid or brave that's well, and good that's the whole thing like it's like foolish and heroic look exactly the same on the outside. That's right. Exactly the same. Like you never know. And so for me, it's the bravest things. Like the ones that really stir me in my heart when I see them are the ones that by definition are singular and externally inexplicable. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like the words that are used to, to like surrounding brave, like like pain and hurt and fear and fearlessness and boldness. It's like those aren't, those don't resonate with me at what actually the most kind of like breathtaking bravery is. It's the singularity of the decision, not in in action. It's like, for me, it's the decisions that are made in the quiet, in your head or in your heart where only you know whether it's brave or stupid. Mm-hmm. And And I think that, something is brave when you know that the people that love you or hate you, like they might be able to support you in your decision, but they can't ever confirm your decision for you. Mm. You know, it's like only you. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why when we know it, when we see it, that's why when we know, because you're relying on only you. And in this world, when we have so much need to, you know, for affirmation, for support, for confirmation of everything that we're choosing, it's like to actually do an extraordinary thing where you know something and are doing something that by definition, no one ever can understand. Oh my God. Is, is real. Like it's, it's just so, it's so bold. And so it's like this, that to me is why brave is just this like radical posture that says I am, I, I will, I can, I won't. Yes. No. And there's, no explanation that can validate it. It's just you. Ooh. I am 
obsessed with that. That's I it. do. That is so amazing and reminds me so much of the Georgia O'Keeffe quote. That is, um, courage is making the unknown known. Mm-hmm. That really the bravest thing we can constantly do is just know ourselves deeply and then show ourselves in one way or another to the world, which is, or to someone or to ourselves, which sisters, what you were just getting at in some ways. And um, that's, that's exactly it because it's, it, it isn't the making it known by going around and explaining it forever, because by definition, you can't ever explain it enough to make it be able to be rejected or affirmed. It's just, that's why for me, the people who are like every trans person in the world to me is just so breathtakingly brave because they, it's no one can know what they are except for them. And then they just in their way, they just make it known. And Mm -hmm. it would either have been that they were just knew it inside of themselves and never made it known their whole lives. I think that's why I have such an affinity. I don't want to say that. I don't think it's probably true, but I don't want to say it, but I'll say it anyway. I don't like like queer people better than straight people, but (laughs) but I. I kind of do. And and I try to think about why that is. Like why when I walk into a room, I always want to be with queer people right away. And I, I think it's because it's almost like I already know they've passed a brave litmus test. And I'm sure that the, the straight people have in the million ways too, but I just can't see it right. right away. Like I know that the queer people have already, I can see that they've already made a decision to just live as who they are, even though the world's expectations maybe doesn't jive with it. So I already know we're like, I already have this like huge respect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I can see that decision right on them usually mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as a, yeah. Anybody, anybody in the marginalized community has had to do so much self uh, analysis and uncovering that, those are the kind of people we want to know anyway. Tell us about your story, about your when you finally made the unknown known yeah, well, to the world. It's one of my favorites. I think that, you know, one of the things that you uh, and I talk a lot about is these moments in our lives that not just changed us, but um, that were really difficult and were a struggle. And I guess I'll just take you back to like the late 90s. And just talking about my own queerness and coming out story, you know, I watched Ellen DeGeneres um, come out publicly. This is during very formative years. I was like 16, I think, at the time. And she just got exiled. Like, she just got Mm -hmm. sent off. She got fired and could never get hired. And so even though people talked about it for a moment, her not getting hired and being like sent away from the fame world was news to me. It was like, oh, okay, so I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, can't come out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what was like entered into my subconscious from the time that I was a young teen coming into my own sexuality and my own uh, sexual identity. So, I don't and that know, was pre macaroni grill, even. That was. That <laughs> was, that was like a year or two before macaroni grill. <sighs> um, but I think. For me, one of the things that I attribute a lot of my um, strength from and bravery from is a former coach that I had. Uh, Her name is Pia Sundahag. She is Swedish and um, she came into my my life 2008. So this is like, you know, 10 to 12 years after um, I was told subliminally that I needed to hide myself. And of course, Mm -hmm. I had come out to my family to my friends and the world in many ways. Right. Like, so, Mm -hmm. so as a, as a, at the time, as a pro athlete, as a pro female athlete, one of the ways that I was able to make money other than just play the sport was endorsements. Mm -hmm. And in order to be, uh, as one of the, the, the faces, I guess, of women's soccer, in order to get more of those endorsements, I knew that I could not come out publicly mm. so as to not lose chance at more 
financial um, independence. And, and that is the truth. I was terrified. Of, and also you've told me that you already didn't match the look that, yes. that those endorsers wanted, right? Yes. They wanted the ponytails. They wanted the very, you know, femme look and you already were not that. That's right. So you, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely was afraid of being completely <laughs> in the, the, the zone of, oh, that is, I mean, even though I'm sure that I presented gay, I was like really trying hard for like the corporate world to be mm-hmm. like straight passing enough. Right. So like, yeah. right. you know, right. I right. had a ponytail for a while that I just- You're like, it look a- at me, I'm wearing earrings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or I like, look at me. a different world back then. It was a different world. Yeah, yeah it was. Look at me, I'll let you even put makeup on my face. Oh like, God, help us. I mean, yeah. there were seriously campaigns that I am so embarrassed about. And and I remember feeling so uncomfortable during those shoots hmm. just because I needed the money. Yeah. yeah. And I mm-hmm. just thought this is the only thing that corporate America accepts, right? Mm-hmm. So, Or America. He, or America, right? <laughs> or the world. Right. <laughs> or America, the world. America um, Inc. So in walks Pia uh, into my life. And, you know, I had never really met a woman who was so uniquely themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she played this, she, our very first meeting with our team, she played a song. These times are changing. And like at the time, our team kind of took itself a little, probably a little bit too seriously. Like we are USA and like, you know, jamming the flag in the ground of every room we walked into and beating <laughs> our chest. America. Yeah. That's who we are. And she walked in and she's a Swedish woman who's completely herself in every, in every shoe she puts on in every room she walks into. It, it was so fascinating. And I just remember feeling like in this, in this moment of this song, like this, she didn't alter herself when uh, obviously the moment gets awkward when she's like just playing a freaking <laughs> with a guitar, right? Yeah, You're she's like playing a Bob Dylan song in front of us, us in the serious people in a, Americans. In a, I'm like, who the hell is like, happening? Our folk song going to win gold? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what we all thought. And then like she didn't stop. <laughs> and so this awkward moment became unawkward mm-hmm. because we became I don't know we all were like we were sitting back like looking at each other like this is a horrible experiment gone wrong <laughs> and then as the end of this song kind of came to us we just like all were leaning forward and we had never seen a woman operate in such a strong way and so she invited us into a higher sense of ourselves and mm-hmm. yes she was gay and yes, I had never seen a gay woman be so confident in their own skin. Mm. And so this was the first time that I was given permission, I guess. Like, you know how they say, like, if you see it, you can be it. And then I watched, her, I witnessed it. And I, mm. and I spent time studying her and watching the way that she acted and watching the way that she walked. And um, I guess it was just like a couple years later, because she, she was such a great coach and she stayed on as a coach for many years for our team. Uh, it was in 2011. Um, she came up to me at the, the very first camp that year, and she just looked at me square in the eyes, and she said, Abby Wambach. And I was like, Pia. She said, best player in the year, 2011. And then she just walked away. <gasps> and I was like, huh? And it was like this very subtle thing. And every single camp, Every single camp, the first time I would see her, she'd go, Abby Wambach, best player in the year, 2011. And for those of you non-sporty folks, um, every year there are best players awarded um, from FIFA, which is the the world's governing body of soccer. Uh, And so this was obviously Pia's goal for me. And I, I had never even, that wasn't, that's never been something that was on my mind. Mm-hmm. And this was the year that, um, Actually, in fact, my life changed in many ways because uh, we had a World Cup in Germany that year, 2011. And I remember, you know, this is an eight to nine month process of building where you're where you are intensely practicing and and with each other um, every single day. You're on the road for over 200 days that year. And then you find yourself in Germany 
And Pia, all year, has been telling me, Abby Wambach, 2011 Player of the Year, right? And so I'm like, what am I going to do? And every lead up to every tournament, you try to like, you try to do something that like gets mm-hmm. you in the zone, that that puts you in this place, like the flow, as we mm-hmm. like to call it in sports. And I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cut my hair. And I, I remember, I'll never forget it. I went to this European shop, this European haircutting salon, and they cut my hair in this. And can I just stop and say what, what, what I want the listener to be thinking right now is that this was a huge making the unknown known for you yeah. because you were deciding to cut your hair uh, in a gay way. How do we say? Yeah. I, I was, how, you were gaying up your head. I was were, going to match my insides with my outsides completely. Yes. You were finally going to just take off that ponytail and just be, you were going to come out. And own it. It was your way of coming out, right? Yeah, it, it, it was. It was definitely. Really? This is pre-Abby Wambach hair that everyone right. has now. I was going to say, it. She, it's like, yes. it's like, it's like, um, BC. It's like it's before <laughs> there was the iconic Abby Wambach and all of the progeny that has followed. Exactly. There was no Abby Wambach haircut. Yeah. Exactly. There yeah. was just another ponytail in a sea of ponytails. <laughs> and That's I right. mean, listen. And nobody could tell her whether that was the right or wrong decision. This was an unconfirmable or unpolable decision, right? Yeah. I just had to like do something to step into myself completely. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like, and I didn't know it at the time, how symbol, sim, emblematic this would be for the whole of this actual tournament and for the literal rest of my life. It was like, this was the thing that was blocking me from becoming the mm. player that I ended up becoming. Mm. I mean, truly, I know that this sounds ridiculous, but no. sometimes when we no, allow ourselves when we allow our inner selves to match our outer selves, everything becomes aligned. And Mm -hmm. this is the year that I scored that wild goal, that we scored that wild goal against Brazil in the 122nd minute. And truly, my life completely changed because of Mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely believe with all every fiber of my being that that moment doesn't happen if I have a different haircut. Like truly, totally. No, totally. Because you're, because you're letting go everything you said about passability, about I can still revert to this lane if I need to. I, you know, you stuck yourself out of that lane completely and said, I am standing on this ground. That is my ground. Like whether it crumbles or not, I have, I am flag in the, in the ground right here where I stand. And And that. And this that's why deal. this is me. This is here I am. And that's why beginning. I think it's so important that we have people in our lives that we want to learn how to become our best best selves from. Now, they're not going to be the the ones that do the work. But Pia, this coach was this symbol for me of what was possible. Watching her go through her her world, and it took me years to get the courage or bravery to step into my full self with this haircut. I mean, and you should have seen me, by the way. Minutes after I got my haircut, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. Of course. And my teammates were like, they could see it on my eyes. They could. Uh, I, I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was like, I think I ruined it. I think I've gone and messed <laughs> up my whole life. But the irony is if I actually could draw all of the goodness in my life, I think I, I can like literally point it to like this one simple choice that mm-hmm. that opened the doorway mm-hmm. for me to be able to walk into a higher, bigger, more purposeful version of my life and my, myself. And and by the way, I didn't win Player of the Year 2011. I won it in 2012. And I love that, you know, I think the the most awesome people in our lives are the ones who it's not like we want to be them. They Mm -hmm. just make us want to be us. Yes. Like 
There yes. was no part of Pia. You didn't look at Pia and say, I also want to be Swedish and play guitars in the locker room. Like, but her showing her unknown made you want to show your unknown. And those are the best teachers, right? That just make us want to be more ourselves. Because I remember you saying to me, I, I'm not going to get this right. So, so correct it, but you, you know, going through the process of watching Pia and that making you feel freer to be you. Mm-hmm made you think about your place in that line. Mm. So what if you being freer about who you were and your sexuality and your gender identity and all of it would inspire for all kids watching the freedom that Pia inspired in you. So then we go from, I can't be myself because it will hurt people to the truth, which is I can't not be myself because it will hurt people. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's a really beautiful switch just to Mm -hmm. think of it like that because sometimes we can't be brave enough with our own lives because it's so fucking scary Mm -hmm. but like sometimes it's actually it helps to think about a little kid or the little you or the little child who could help or who could be helped by some action you could take and that could be the courage or the bravery that we need or like the the thing that pushes us to do that or uh, uncover the unknown, as George yeah. O'Keefe would say. I mean, I think about, you know, how terrified I was to come out to the kids, right? And then I would have t- said to myself, I can't do this because it will hurt them, right? Or anything different is scary as a parent. And then I think about one of our kids coming out mm-hmm. a year later, mm-hmm. you know, and what possible freedom, what I thought would hurt them. And that's why the boldness, it's like the the boldness for me isn't about the action itself. It's just yes. about the the boldness has to do with the boldness of being okay with only you knowing it, that it's right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And the, yes. to just circle back to the definitions, do you know the, the origin of the word brave? It comes from the um, the Italian bravo, which is bold, and the Spanish bravo, which is untamed. Oh, oh shut up. Yes. Stop it. How? Wow. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, okay. And just to bring this full circle, I just, that's what I was trying to get at. In the, in the, in the, it is, it's like, you're not crazy. You're a goddamn cheetah. Like the weirdest, most unique, weird, wild things about you. Let it be known. Because if they're not untamed, you can do a bunch of shit that's bold. You can do bold stuff all day long, but it never, but it coming out of your taming. The bravery comes from the intersection of bold with untamed. Mm-hmm. That was what makes it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Here's an honest question for you with what I think is a pretty easy answer. When it comes to grocery shopping, Would you rather wander the aisles of a store aimlessly looking up and down your self-made list or would you rather take a fun quiz about your individual goals and preferences and have a personalized cart built for you? Not to mention all the recipe recommendations and home delivery that come with it. If the latter option sounds more attractive, which I think it should, it for sure does for me, then you'll want to check out Hungry Root. I loved the creamy chicken and bell pepper Alfredo that I tried. It was so yummy. And the added bonus of doing all my shopping from home made it all the better. Right now, Hungry Root is offering We Can Do Hard Things listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com slash hard things to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. For life. That's hungryroot.com slash hard things. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So what we're trying to say, like, if we get back to that kid on the on the rock, 
cliff too. Whatever the hell thing I won't ever be on. Okay. It's not about the jumping or not jumping. It's not about the outer thing that you do, right? It's not to do the thing or not, but it's the inner choice to honor the self or not. Mm-hmm. And right? I, in that, that's not even the one I see in that. What I see is the mom who is like, mm-hmm. that's not right. I can't explain it. But not in my family. We're not mm-hmm. doing this. Like yes. it is the, it's the, I'm not going to, exp- I don't need to explain to all these people in my family why that isn't right, what's happening. But I'm going to say, nope. Yep. Not us. Yes. Yes. Like I'm, you guys are a bunch of zookeepers right now. Mm-hmm. And I want my kid to stay free. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to say to all the parents right now, you never figure it out in the moment. Like it's always, mm-hmm. you're like, that's not right. And then, Ugh. so we, it's okay to circle back with our kids like two weeks later and be like, okay, here, so here's the thing that happened. And, you know, it's not like any of us figured out in the moment. I remember it's like, we have to cover our basis. So if this moment does arise and you feel like that there might be what would be classified as a more patriarchal view of bravery coming out in people, jump, go, do it, do it. You can just cover the basis and be the person that says, or don't. (laughs) (laughs) Look inside yourself. Find your truth. Look inside yourself and find your truth. Honor your knowing. Like you can say it even though like it might look, quote unquote, like patriarchally uncool, but that might be really helpful for that person. Yeah. Also, don't you think it's a little bit of like a false paradigm? Because we're always, if you, I just think, I just think as a society, we're always looking at the cliff. We're always looking at the roller, we're (laughs) looking at the roller coaster and we're saying like, brave is doing that or not doing that. And I just feel like, what? I feel like y'all are looking for brave in all the wrong places. Wrong. Thank like, you. It's just like that is something that maybe is brave for some people. Maybe people give two shits about whether they jump or not. Right. So it's like the brave. You only know brave in you. You only know if you're brave is the like saying I'm leaving this relationship. Or I'm staying in this relationship and my mom's not going to understand and my neighbors aren't going to understand, but I know what I need and I'm going to trust that that is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it, it's it's like my friend Dana, who is one of the bravest humans that I can imagine in the world. And she, at 39 years old, r- told us all that she needed to be a mother and she had a baby on her own. And she is raising that baby in the most beautiful way you can imagine. And like, we're we're there to support her. We can see what an amazing mother she is, but only she knew. Only, only she could have known that. And, and I just, I just don't, it's those things. It's those, those moments you can look at in your life that are sometimes the loneliest the loneliest, cl- the loneliest clarity you can have are sometimes the bravest moments. Okay. Brave can feel a lot like lonely clarity. Damn, that rings true to me. Lonely clarity. Yeah. That's so interesting let's, because let's... I feel like all of my brave is external. So, and right. I think I need to do so much more work on internal. What is your haircut? Your haircut. Yes. I mean, Abby, do you think anyone, did you, did anyone on your team, anyone in the agencies that were representing you, any in your family that you could have made a pro cons list that somebody else could have understood? Only you knew the significance of this seemingly very minor event in your life, which is to cut Mm -hmm. off some dead cells of your head. (laughs) Like, but that only you knew how transformative that moment was for you stepping into your thing. That is lonely clarity. Right. Yes. It was Beautiful. terrifying All right. too. I just want to say that I don't know if, if anyone else is going to feel this way, but this is my favorite conversation so far. I loved this so much. Um, next right thing. Let's just think about what's the bravest thing we've ever done. And not necessarily looking for it in in places that are, 
we're expected to like on cliffs and jumping out of airplanes, but like when in our lives have we really made something unknown known? And I would just Um, add that it doesn't have to be something you've done. It doesn't have to be an action. Like it can be the thing that you knew undeniably, but couldn't defend. Yes. Oh, that's good. And we want to hear them. I want to hear them. Send us your voicemails right to us on the Instagrams. Um, we're going to be back with you in two short days because we um, can't get enough of talking to you. So um, until next time, when it gets hard to be brave, don't forget we can do hard things. And also, more importantly, don't forget we can quit hard things every damn day. <laughs> Love you so much. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle. I walked through fire, I came out the other side. I chased desire, I made sure I got what's mine. And I continued to
We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location. It's the neighborhood. It's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.